0: Okay, good morning. It's a quick question. Anyone that's ever prayed, Father, make us thankful. Before you've received your food. Because I know some of my family, they pray that prayer. Father, make us thankful. And um, Sonica preached last week about thanksgiving and thankfulness that leads our hearts in the right space. So I'm like thinking this morning is like an opportunity where God makes us thankful. It's like the electricity is off and there's no air Fans are helping now, thank you, Lord, for fans. But um, yeah, some few years ago, I would, when we didn't have aircon, we just had the fans. Then I would often tell my friends, "Well, I have a few fans in church." <laughs> so <laughs> they're consistent. Praise Jesus. Anyway, so we're busy with a series called "Love the City," and uh, it's really stirring in my heart. Um, God's really wanting to, to impart something to our hearts. He's, he's wanting to give us His heart. And so two weeks ago, I shared about the whole gospel, the whole gospel to the whole world, not just uh, sort of a, a little bit, you know, not just a part of the, of the good news. There's this, 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 this the whole message, the whole good news. God wants to blaze us in every, every area, every part of our lives so that we can blaze others. In a sense, it's not about us. It's about who God wants to reach. And, um, and then last week, Sonica spoke about Thanksgiving. You know, if we want to love East London, if we want to love people, and especially cross-culturally, you know, we need to, we need to celebrate. We need to be thankful. You know, we need to love. We need to lead our hearts through Thanksgiving. So um, it was a, a, a brilliant message that Sonica shared. And so today I want, to, I want to take it further a bit, and I want to give us a game plan. You know, when you hear the word evangelism, what comes up in your mind? You're probably thinking of those blackboards and someone with their nails going down. <sighs> you know, normally people don't get so excited about evangelism. But it's the great commission. You know, Jesus died for everyone. He, he, he touched your life. If you are a Christian here this morning, Jesus touched your life for a reason. So that others can experience the good news, what you have experienced But it's incredible how it it just so easily happens that we receive the good news and then we start having a wonderful time in community with other believers who who are nice and don't swear so much, don't mess around so much, and not so offending. So then we have our little group of friends and we sort of forget about the rest of the world. Jesus is not forgetting about the rest of the world. His heart is still burning. His heart is still burning for people. For every human, every male, every female, every man, every woman, every child, every, every person on the face of this earth, the heart of Christ is burning for them. And you say, it's just so easy for us as believers to find ourselves in a space where we we sort of forget. We, it doesn't burn in our hearts as much. Or, or sometimes we, it does burn in our hearts, but we don't know what to do. We've tried. Tried to speak to you know, have you ever spoken to a, a family member or a friend that doesn't know Jesus, and it's sort of just the door just shut down? Happened to you? Happens to me. It's such a challenge, and then you want to back off and, and 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 give up. And so I want to I want to encourage you this morning. I'm going to show you a very powerful uh, video clip as well, a testimony of uh, Todd White, and. Uh, and, and, and how God has, has been using him powerfully, but it's an, it's an invitation. But before we get there, um, I'm speaking to Christians this morning. So if you're not a believer, you know, sit back, relax, enjoy, get a feel for where we are at. And um, But I want to start with the heart, the heart of evangelism. There's a quote here by David Brenard. There's a young man, lived in the 1700s. He reached out to the uh, American Indians, and he died at the age of 29. And he wrote a diary. He, he died because of his disease, of sickness. But he wrote a diary over the almost 10 years that he was reaching out to these Indians. And, and this diary has been documented, and it's been over the last few hundred years. It's been an, an encouragement, and inspiration to, to many, many people. And so I want to share this but out of his diary. And it's, it really is about the heart. and That's why I want you to get the heart of God and the heart of the evangelist. He says, I care not where I go or how I live or what I endure so that I may save souls. When I sleep, I dream of them. When I awake, they are first in my thoughts. No amount of scholastic attainment, Of able and profound exposition of brilliant and stirring eloquence can atone or make up for the absence of a deep, impassioned, sympathetic love for human souls. This is so powerful. He gave his life for the heart of God, for the pursuit of souls. And he's saying he was a brilliant young man. He could do anything. His, his family were all, um, they were all very educated. They were leaders in the community, in the country. But he was willing to lay down his life for this. This was burning in his heart. Souls. And he says, doesn't matter how, how brilliant you are, doesn't matter how scholastic, how, how many educational things you've attained, how many degrees, doesn't matter how much you've attained. He says, nothing can atone for the absence of a deep, Impassioned, sympathetic love for human souls. Human souls, that means he's not just burdened for someone's life here and now. He's burdened for someone's eternal destination. He's burdened for their soul, their eternity. That was what's burning in his heart. How much is that burning in our hearts? I've been the last month or so, I've just been every day day. just praying. Every moment, every opportunity I have, say, God, give us souls. Give us people that don't know you. May they come to know the one that we love so much, the one that has transformed our lives. May may give us the grace to introduce someone to this amazing, amazing God, this glorious God. We're willing to give our everything for this one. And so it's starting to burn more and more in my heart. God's heart cries for souls. That's why if you're a believer this morning, that's that's what Jesus did a miracle in your life. Make no mistake. It is the greatest miracle on the face of this earth for someone who was in darkness, someone who was anti-God or indifferent to come to a place where this God who they cannot see becomes such a great reality to them that it overwhelms every area of their lives. It's a miracle that you are a believer this morning. God sovereignly came and He drew you. Someone shared with you, someone invited you, someone told you, your parents maybe told you about God. Something happened in your life. Now I look back at my life and Soneca's life, I'm thinking, How on earth is it that I am a Christian today? As not one person in my extended family, extended family, extended family. I can't name one person. he's serving jesus truly serving jesus they're nice people and they even go to church but doesn't mean they're serving jesus there's no passion you know and if if you've met jesus you want to it becomes your everything he really becomes your everything and that's sort of the test to know have you met him have you met him or have you met religion dead religion sometimes and so God is wanting to be He wants, he wants us to, to, to add what Sonica said last week. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to realize what He has done in our lives so that we can now go and give to others. The heart of Christ is burning for the city. His heart is burning for the city, he's burning for your work colleagues, he's burning for your neighbors, it's burning for your family. And maybe the heart of God is burning for you here this morning. If you if 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 you haven't surrendered. Your, your life completely to him. I want to encourage you to do so. So I want to take you to a, to a passage. We're going to break it down. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And, um, and this sort of breaks down what I want to share with you this morning. Sort of a game plan, a strategy. How to reach out to those who are far from Christ. How to reach out to those who uh, might not believe as you believe, might not see things as you see things. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I'm just quickly going to read through the 11 verses, give you an overview, and we're going to break it down. It says, So it was, as the multitude praised about him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats. Let's say that he got into one of the boats. Okay, that's the first key we need to see, which was Simon's Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So Jesus was teaching from the boat the crowd, there were just too many people, so he, he, he was in the boat and the the crowd was on the side of the of the of the of the uh, dam, what do you call it? mere Lake, thank you. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So then Jesus speaks to Peter and he says, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, now you must, just some background. Simon, Peter, he didn't know Jesus. He wasn't a believer. He was just minding his own business. He was a fisherman. He was, it was his workplace. Was, it was like his business. He was a fisherman. And suddenly Jesus gets into his boat, and then Jesus gives him a word. And then, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night to caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will lay down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Say, a great number of fish. Okay, the, the some symbolism of fish is people who are far from God coming into the fold like a, a lost lamb. As well, another imagery in the scriptures of someone that doesn't know Jesus. They caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So an incredible miracle happens. They've been trying all night. They've caught nothing. Suddenly just a huge amount of fish jumping into this net. And it's almost breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. This is like a business miracle. When Simon Peter saw it, I mean, he saw it and he knew, I've been fishing for years, this is impossible. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. The miracle caused the heart of Peter to turn. For he and all who were with him were astonished, say astonished, astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. You see, God has called us to live in a way that will astonish people will astonish them to such an extent that they will know that there is a God. They were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. The connection with catching fish, now you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus, within a short amount of time, they don't know him. He steps into the boat. He steps into their lives. He gives them a word. God does a miracle. The result is they forsake everything and they follow him. They forsake everything and they follow him. And so I want to break this down. Three things that I believe God is calling. Every believer, if we love Jesus, we're going to get this. Three things. First, go. There's so many scriptures where the Bible says, the scripture says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Go. These signs will follow. Secondly, so first thing is go. Say go. Okay. Second one is serve. Serve. So then the second step is is not yet to preach or to share. The second one is to serve someone with the love of God. Jesus shared, served Peter and these guys a miracle. He did something that astonished them, and so they turned to God, and then they end share. Then Jesus told Peter, he prophesied. He, he spoke into his identity, and he said, "No longer you're going to be catching fish. Peter, from now on, you will be a fisher of men." So I want to break those three things down for us so you can get a feel for this. So verse three to four. Luke 5, 3 to 4, just to read that again. It says, Jesus then, he got into one of the boats. I believe that's a beautiful picture of what God has called us. To get into someone's life. To step into their boat. To step into their environment. So you can bring change. So you can make an impact. So Matthew 10, verse 5 to 8 speaks of this. And again, this is Jesus showing us the way. Jesus said, live as I lived. Do what I did. He, he came to show us how we can live. And so that he's the standard. And so I've been, you know, I've been praying, thinking, you know, I'm so tired of having to argue with people. Like last week, we went to, the, uh, we went to Southernwood and we had a worship time there in the park. And, and so we're chatting to people and there were a few Jehovah's Witnesses there. And I've I've been around that bush. <laughs> it's like I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. I don't want to argue for one hour. You tried to evangelize me. I tried to evangelize you, and we're going nowhere. It's a waste of time. So I tried something something different, but they didn't go for it, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> but I, I just realized again, you know, it's like there is no way I'm going to change this person's mind unless i can demonstrate to them miraculously supernaturally that what i believe is the truth an arguments not going to do it you know I've, I've i've sat with atheists for hours then we go up and down and left and right and then everything and i nail them on every single thing it's like you have no argument this is a joke what you're believing your faith is a joke don't say it like that, but that's what it comes down to. It's like, read between the lines. And still then, another thing, another argument, another argument, another argument. But there's a better way. There's a better way where we circumvent the mind and we go to the heart. Jesus went for the heart. He stepped into the boat. And then, who's this Jewish guy? Who's this teacher? what's, What's going on here? Then he gives the word. He says, guys, let me show you. Go out again. Put out your nets again. Let me show you who I am. And Peter falls upon his knees, crying out, I'm a sinner. Leave me. And so that's, that's my cry. I'm, saying, I'm thinking, God, there are so many people in this city. There are so many people in the Eastern Cape. There are so many people that do not know you. And there isn't sufficient time to do debate after debate after debate that also doesn't really make a difference. Wouldn't it be awesome if we can step into someone's life and see God move so powerfully that in a moment they turn and they acknowledge, surely there is a God. So I'm going to show you the video clip in a a little bit. It's, It's absolutely profound. Of, of the level of the supernatural that we can live and walk in. So I'm going to show you that in a bit. Matthew 10, verse 5 to 8. This is Jesus it's about going. He says, these 12, Jesus sent out. Say, sent out. Who did he send out? These 12, his disciples. And he commanded them saying, in this case, he said, don't go to the Gentiles now, just go to the Jews. Go to... And he says, but go rather to the lost sheep. And it started off the house of Israel, but later it was everyone. It said, but go to the lost sheep. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, so share. But then also, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Serve them with the love of God. And in this case, Jesus speaking supernaturally, but I'm saying... Any what level, it can be natural, it can be supernatural, but love on someone, the love of Jesus Christ. Love on someone. And then at the end he says, "They freely you have received, freely give. Do you realize what you have received? So Jesus being his disciples saying, guys, freely give. For you have freely received. Do you know what you have received? If you are a believer this morning, do you know what has happened to you? Do you know the miracle that God has done on the inside of you? You were darkness, now you are light. You were a sinner, now you are a saint. God comes and he lives on the inside of you. You know, before Christ, we are like little kittens. Hiding away in a corner. Powerless to change anything. After Christ... We become lions because the lion of Judah comes to live on the inside of us. But so many of us are intimidated to be quiet, to say nothing. You've tried it once and they sort of laughed at you, you know, at work or whatever. I have so much respect for people who step out and honor God, even in a business context. I mean, I know Rion does it at his company. I mean, every year in function, he honors God and he bless he, he tells everyone God, what you're seeing here is because of the goodness of God. It's amazing with Dennis Collins jewelers are they in the, after they the, the um, they were armed robbery in Vincent Park they put in the in the newspaper they put a bit front page at the top. We just want to thank God for his faithfulness. That is so powerful. Why should why should Jesus only be on Sundays? Why couldn't Jesus be every part of our lives? For he is God. He is the source of everything. Without him, we won't even be able to breathe. Let's say, I'm a lion. <laughs> Isn't it time that we roar? Isn't it time that Christians humbly, lovingly step up and simply demonstrate that our God exists and is love and is powerful? Because that's what the apostles did. That's what the disciples have been doing over the ages. It wasn't just a sharing of Jesus. It was a showing. It was a demonstrating. But we need to go. We need to step out. We need to step out of our comfort zone. As we Jesus said, go, go to the lost sheep. You know, when we walk around in the city, do you see? The destruction, the moral destruction, the relational destruction. People, so many people battling with depression and people battling with p- physical pains in their bodies. And it's just like they lost sheep. They've lost their way. And we have the answer. You see, God said, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. So Jesus said, I'm the only way. I am the only way. You see, Jesus Christ is the only one, the only so-called man of God in history to come forward and to claim I am God. And he is the only one that was willing to die on a cross for the sins of mankind. He paid the price we couldn't pay for ourselves. Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He's the only one. No other religion, every other religion is hard work, trying to earn, trying to be good, trying to connect with heaven, trying, trying, trying. For us, Jesus has done it. He's the one. Do you believe that with all your heart? Are you persuaded? You see, sometimes we are so, we are so connected with the earthly that we, we, we lose connection with the heavenly. You see, because then the lights go on. The light of God shines upon us. But we need to be persuaded with all our hearts. It needs to be the cry of our hearts. I'm not sure if it's going to work now. There needs to be a few switches there, I think, if for you to be able to put on the glorious aircon that comes from Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for icon. But Jesus loves the lost, He loves and He says, Go. Go to them. There's a verse, it's not on the screen, but Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, We have turned each one to his own way. That's the definition of a lost sheep. We, each one, have turned to our own way. So how do you know if someone's lost? You can, you can see that they are following their own way. And it says they've, they've, they lose their rest. They lose that place of peace. But for us, it's the same challenge. Who are you following? Who are you following? Oh, this is such a trap of the enemy where we start to use scripture and the principles of scripture to benefit our own selfish needs here and now. When Jesus called us to lay down our lives, pick up our cross and follow him. Follow him. Where does he he lead us? He leads us to the lost. He leads us to our knees. He leads us to pray. And so just like an action point, where do we start about going? You start by praying. When you say, God, I I don't have a heart for the lost. God, I I, I realize I should, but I I don't. Where do you start? You start by praying. I want to encourage all the life groups, start praying at the end of the life group, during the life group. Pray for people. As you start praying, God starts giving his heart to you. So that's the first Action point, pray. And then secondly, I want to encourage you to go on missions. So many people's lives, when you get out there and you see the demonstration of the kingdom of God, it flips your life. Okay, so that's to go. Then, the serving part. First bit is go. The second part is serve. Luke 5, verse 5. Jesus said to them, or before that, he said to them, launch out into the deep. And the result was, when Peter saw the miracle, his life was flipped around. Do you want to see a miracle? Do you want to see a miracle in someone else's life that would confirm to them that God lives? What's the key? Do what he tells you. Ask him. God, when I go to this person, when I'm going there, Lord, speak to me. Give, I'm, I'm going to show you a powerful testimony in a moment of this guy who's God God. God speaks to him supernaturally. He can walk into any person's life at any time because God has spoken to him. And then he just does what God says to him. He serves them with the love and the goodness of God. And so the kingdom comes. The kingdom comes and says in that verse there, a great number of fish. I believe that's God's heart. Multitudes will be saved. Multitudes. Multitudes. Even in the workplace. Peter's workplace, Jesus stepped into the workplace and he served him. That he could know with all his heart, there is a God. So I want to show you this video clip. Todd White, the guy from uh, the Holy Ghost movie. I've, I've never seen anything like this. The, this man moves in a way where he hears the voice of God, and he loves people like I've, I've just never seen. He just loves the anyone, anywhere, and then people get miraculously healed. And, and so it's real. This is his, test, his testimony he's sharing in a service, but in the movie, they actually went with him and showed people uh, the miracles that, he, that, he, that that he did. But he is doing... Todd White's evangelist. He was a drug addict for like 20 years. He was a complete mess. And when Jesus saved him, he had just one mission, tell everyone. So he tells everyone and he prays for everyone on, on airplanes and wherever. So he's going to share the story. Okay, quality's not great, but the audio should I be had reasonable. Very long way. I want to show you that because that's what's possible. And that's available. The same Jesus that lives in Todd White lives in you and me. So I really believe there's something God wants us to unlock. There's something He wants us to step into, to start hearing the voice of God like that. You can step into anybody's situation at any time and give them the love, serve them with the love of Jesus. Todd White goes on to share. He went to a, uh, with uh, Daniel Colender, this Christ for All Nations. They went and did a uh, a, bit, a huge meeting in 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 Africa. Somewhere like Uganda or one of those places. And he shares, uh, Daniel was, was going to preach. He told uh, Todd White, you know, um, hour before the time, go and speak to the people. He said, what, really awesome? Like 200,000 people. So he goes and he speaks to the 200,000 people, shares about healing. And then people starts getting healed. And he says about five rows from the front, there's a lady who raises a four-year-old boy Screaming. And they come to the front, and they interview them, and they ask, what, what happened? What happened? And it came out that this four-year-old boy wasn't born with genitals, but now he's got genitals. And so he said, you want to pull down the pants and show everybody? <laughs> and so he just said, my Jesus. He can. That's why he does it. Anything's possible for our God. You know, so the original gospel that I shared two weeks ago, The whole gospel is, it's a powerful gospel. It's a demonstration of the kingdom of God. It's not just a nice message. So we need to go, and then we need to serve people with the love of God. Not to prove anything in in the flesh, but to love on people. So, a few action points. Serve someone with the love of Jesus. Ask God, Lord, show me how I can love this person, Lord. Lord. God this one this person is an atheist and i know no argument's gonna help now but God show me how i can love this person show me how i can show them that you know their name you know what's happening in their lives ask the lord step out ask him and then whatever you hear then step out and do it just do it serve and then lastly share luke chapter 5 verse 10 to 11 And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. You see, we need to do all three as Jesus did. You get into someone's boat. You get into their life. Then you serve them in whichever way God the Holy Spirit leads you. You see, the Holy Spirit knows everyone's language. Businessmen Child, poor, rich, the whosoever. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows how to speak someone's language. And so we need to tune into that voice. And then we need to share with people. So you serve them. And if it's just giving someone a gift or a coffee on the street or whatever, that's serving someone, loving someone. But then we need to step further and, and share what God lays on our heart. Jesus spoke to Peter and he prophesied his destiny. He said, Peter, you're no longer just gonna be a fisher of men. A fisher of a fisherman, you're gonna be a fisher of men. So Jesus released his destiny. So what about if you and I, instead of just, you're going at, at the cashier and you smiling lady there and you say, well, can I give you a word? And you actually just speak God's heart to that person right there. Or you're somewhere and you say, can I pray for you? Pray for them. And you allow them to experience the presence of God. Stepping out. To, pro- to prove in a good way, not to prove in a negative way, but to love on someone. I'm so inspired by Todd White. He just loves. You must go watch some of his YouTube clips. It's incredible. He just overflows Jesus. It's time for us to overflow Jesus. It's time for us to be like lions. And no longer receive the lie of the enemy that makes us kittens. In a corner. Apologizing for who we are. What we believe. You see this is the truth. Jesus saves. Jesus Saves Jesus, saves. Let's say it Jesus saves. It's the greatest miracle that can happen on the face of this earth. Jesus saves someone that is blind and in darkness and far from Christ. It's so beautiful. Every time someone comes to Christ, I mean, a week or two ago, there was a guy that at the Holy Ghost movie, um, I prayed with him, and his life got flipped around. He was in bad space. And he met Jesus. And the next week in the life groups, he shared how God flipped his life around. It's incredible. It's the greatest miracle to see someone testify, I was there. Now I I am different. And you and I need it. As believers, you and I need people that have just come to Christ. We need them around us because we get saved again. We get saved again. We remember what God did in our lives. And it starts to burn in our hearts again. It must burn in our hearts. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. So don't just leave it there prophesy, witness, share your story, share what Jesus has done in your life. And then get into their shoes. If you speak to someone, whoever it might be, you know, it's easy to give a superficial answer to someone's heavy burden that they are carrying, whatever it might be. They, whatever it might be. For instance, someone phones you. A friend of yours, that he phones you and he says to you, my wife and my children just died in a car wreck. What's your response going to be? Oh, brother, don't worry. All things work together for good. No, that would be so superficial. You can't answer that crisis with such a superficial answer. You weep with them. You cry with them. You you do justice to whatever the, the burden is. And then, yes, maybe at some stage one can say, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why this happened, but I know God will turn it for good. You know, we can't just come in with a superficial answer to whatever someone is experiencing, whether it be an atheist, a Jew, a Muslim, whatever scenario. We need to come to a place where we can put ourselves in their shoes and understand what they are going through so we can answer in a way that does justice to, to where they are at. Let's love people tangibly. Let's love people tangibly. Let's love people tangibly. So don't just leave it there. Witness, testify, prophesy, release the word of God over them. And I know some of this is probably going over our heads. You're thinking, Oh, I just even well, I just want to make sure Jesus is real. You know, how can I tell someone? But do you know how your faith grows when you start telling someone your story? Even the little bit that God has done in your life. You know, so a miracle. Opens the door wide for you to tell your story. So it starts with, let's start crying out to God. Father, give us this. Whatever you're doing in Todd's life, God, we want that. We see it in scripture. You told your disciples to do that. God, we want that. We want that. We want that. So place yourselves in other people's shoes and then connect them. Don't just leave someone trying to get their contact info and connect them with church connect them with the life group connect them get them booked to them or information to them just and leave someone okay this is evangelism 101 go let's say it go serve, serve. Share. share and we will see the greatest miracles when stubborn difficult hearts become soft And turn to Jesus Christ. I think a few things that gives me as as much a kick in life as seeing someone far from Jesus turn to him. So where are you at? Charles Spurgeon said, You don't so you don't have a heart for the lost? Then you are lost yourself. Because you don't have the heart of God. Something's Something's missing. Something's missing. Something's missing. And it just takes an acknowledgement. Say, God, I don't have it, and goodness, I don't know where to start. Start with prayer. Start with prayer. Start with prayer, and then just do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Join us for missions, and be spirit-led. And that's why your, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. You need to connect like he does, like Todd does. I mean, after 34 hours on an airplane, I would be stuffed. He's like... Let's keep going. It's amazing when you start serving others, how it energizes you. I've found it over. and When I pray for people, I am dead tired. The moment I start praying for someone, the spirit of God comes upon me. I start prophesying. They get healed. And suddenly I am energized and I can keep going and keep going. Just position yourself in that place. Okay, so try it this week. One person. Pray for one person. Just pray a blessing over them. Doctors, easy, easy. Lots of people to choose from. (laughs) But just step out and keep stepping out. So I want to read that quote ending off with this. David Brennan, the 29-year-old that gave his life, a man that's been inspiring generations for the last few hundred years, inspiring people. He says, I care not where I go. Listen to this heart, catch this heart. Or how I live, or what I endure, so that I may save souls. This is so profound. We would say, man, I care where I go, (laughs) I care how I live, and I really care about what I endure. But when we love people, people's eternal salvation so much, it launches us beyond our comfort zone. I care not where I go, or how I live, or what I endure, so that I may save souls. When I sleep, I dream of them. When I awake, they are first in my thoughts. Just feel I have a word for some of the teachers here. Teachers, the Lord has called you to prophesy over your kids. Be bold. Be bold. Step out. You are the connection for them with God. So sow those seeds into their lives. I really feel it's a it's a word for some of the teachers here. Be bold. Be bold. Don't be foolish. Be bold and wise how you do it. But I really feel God is saying, be bold. He says, When I sleep, I dream of them. When I awake, they are first in my thoughts. And he says, no amount of scholastic attainment, of able and profound exposition, of brilliant and stirring eloquence can atone for the absence of a deep, impassioned, sympathetic love for human souls. So that's my prayer. God, give us an impassioned, sympathetic love for people that will get us out of the fear of man, out of being little kittens into being like lions. What would we not do to see someone far from Jesus come to know him? What price would we not pay? Let's trust God to stir our hearts. And we take it to our prayer times. And then start stepping out.